0: Have you ever thought about how a change of pace might change your experience of travel and hospitality? Join us as we dive into this today with Molly Reese, the founder, creator, and host of Stay in Good Company, a podcast series where she interviews the families behind independently owned and operated stays and experiences around the world. In this episode, Molly shares her journey from corporate burnout to discovering the soul of travel through unique family-run accommodations. Keep listening to learn about the importance of slow travel, the personal stories behind the people enabling this, how they're reshaping the landscape of hospitality today, and what this all means for you both as a traveler and as a hospitality provider. Hospitality. 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 Hospitality brings people together. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Molly, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I've been looking forward to this. And I guess just to start, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about your career journey. Until Up until this point, and would love to hear what led you to start this podcast.
1: No, of course. And so I like to consider myself an experienced traveler, of course, but really, my career started in the industry itself. And so I have a background as a, I call it a community builder, where I've really spent my career working with a ton of leading brands across the food and beverage and events and hospitality industries. So I used to live in New York City and was constantly traveling across the world, coast to coast, internationally, to different conferences, to put on festivals, concerts, etc. And it was so much fun in my early 20s, constantly you know, racking up those airline statuses and going to these cool cities. But I really started to experience the corporate burnout and the strain of the hustle and bustle of city living. I was taking red eyes to go to LA and host an event and then come home and go right into the office Monday morning. And I wasn't actually experiencing the cities, the culture, the people for who they were. And so the pandemic came at a point in my life, which was kind of a blessing in disguise where my fiance and I really decided to leave behind our city life and to slow down. We love to travel, whether it's road tripping in our truck and camping or traveling internationally and staying at these off the beaten path locations. And so through these personal travels of ours, we really have built so many wonderful memories and so many wonderful connections across the world but realized how difficult it was to meet people and to find places like this and as much as i love to listen to podcasts and especially you know entrepreneurial type ones and we've always dreamt of having a a place to to host people ourselves one day, we don't know where in the world that will be. And we also don't necessarily think that we have all the tools to do that yet. And so that's where we were inspired to have this podcast stay in good company. And so I say we, because yes, I'm the voice of the podcast, but my fiance does all the editing behind the scenes. And we're really using it as a platform, like you said, where We get to have these conversations with people. I have built a network and continue to meet people from across the world who have these stories to share. And they have that personal passion, that history in the sense of place. And it's sometimes difficult to find if you're just looking on certain listings or going through certain hotel chains. And so for me and the way I travel and the community that I've built and the audience that I've built, we're looking to really slow down and be more mindful in how we travel and where we're putting our money and who we're meeting. and so the podcast is a way where i can share those stories and kind of ask those questions as a guest of that place but at the same time start to understand the advice and kind of the the know-how that these people have after generations of hosting people.
0: I feel like your focus on stories really stands out to me. I was listening to a recent episode where there was one of your guests was talking about moving from another industry into the hospitality industry as an inspiration of what is the legacy that I want to leave my kids, right? And mm-hmm. I wonder if you could expand a little bit more on that because our listeners are people from across the hospitality ecosystem. I guess I'm interested to hear you talk a little bit more about this because I want to encourage people to have the courage and make the moves to tell their stories. But tell me a little bit more about why hospitality providers should focus on telling their personal story beyond just the brand story.
1: I love that. And and that's something that I myself have trouble telling my own story. I like telling the stories and hearing the stories of others. So I understand where you're coming from in that self-promotion. Sometimes it feels awkward or or odd to be able to do that. And I think you know now coming from the perspective of a guest and wanting to know more about the place and the history and why these people are creating these opportunities these experiences for us i think you can see that it's really a conversation it's a two-way street and it could lead to so much more and so that's really where i wanted to have the podcast is to allow hotel owners to share their stories in a way that was humble And prideful and passionate. So they're not just selling themselves, but they're able to, through the questions I ask and the conversation that we have, do so in a very natural and organic way. And I think that, you know, a lot of times, and I've experienced it too, you get so busy in the day to day operations of actually owning and running these places that you don't have time to stop. And to market yourself or to broadcast your story. But I find that with every episode that I record every week, they're always so appreciative of taking that time because it allows you to pause and to really reflect on how far you've come and celebrate all that you've done. And then of course, to even manifest then too what else you want to bring to the table, whether it's later that year or years down the road. But I think that really the podcast allows them to tell to use that storytelling to really, again, reflect, but then celebrate what's to come.
0: I I love so many elements of that. It, it's funny you say manifesting something. I just returned from a trip from Southern California. I'm still making up my mind around how manifestation works, but I think there is something about putting what you're trying to build out there, communicating it, and people who are interested in that same thing listen to it. They get excited by it. And I'm thinking back to a couple of folks I talked to about a year ago now who are doing some really cool things in the community. And they you know, left the conversation with a couple of asks, say, we're looking for somebody in that regard, or we're trying to have someone join us here. And I circle back with them and they were able to find some of those people through telling their story. So it not only you know, is a great way to introduce guests to the type of hospitality you're providing, it can help sustain the vision that you have. And I think that is a form of manifestation. Manifesting that we can we can all get behind, right?
1: Absolutely. I've had guests who have visited each other's properties or learned things and and reached back out just to be connected. So I think that it's it's that community building and hearing that you're not in it alone. And you know, you might be in a remote area, but then having access to so many people around the globe. I mean, I speak to people from numerous different countries different dialects different time zones but somehow there's always that common thread which is so exciting
0: i wonder if you could speak a little bit more to this notion of slow travel you mentioned how for you and your fiance this was a a part of your personal story but you also begin every podcast talking about slow travel why for our listeners that are providing hospitality is slow travel or slow hospitality is so important? What, what do you kind of see or observe in the culture that creates a need for this?
1: Yeah. Well, first I have to say, we're so fortunate, my fiance and I, that we can work remote in what we do. And so we have the means to be able to travel whenever we want, wherever we want, and still make a living. And so that that is something I know not everyone has the privilege to do. But at the same time, I think that I speak for a wider my wider audience and and community in the sense that we don't want to just visit the same museums or the same hotel destinations. We really want to start to really immerse ourselves in that what we call experiential economy. And I think to best do that, you need to do so in a way that takes time to appreciate where you are and that sense of place and the people that you're meeting. And so I think of it, you know. Yes, slow travel is is slowing down, going off the beaten path, visiting places and people that you might not necessarily meet otherwise. But I also think that it's no longer extractive. It's instead it's proactive, it's regenerative. And so what I mean by that is that we're not just traveling and taking up resources, expecting certain privileges, n- nickel and diving our way through our travels. But rather by traveling slowly and mindfully, we're seeking out very unique stays. We're doing the research into the community, into the culture ahead of time. And then while we're there, we want to give back. And you can do so, you know, when you think about, okay, well, you're you're a guest. How are you really giving back to the community? But I think part of slow travel is being there and being fully present. You're asking questions, you're showing interest, you're trying the new activities or tasting the different cuisine. You're learning the new skills that they offer on site. You're purchasing the local products. And all of that is just showing your support of the community. And it's just really allowing you to pay for something and invest in the people themselves and their livelihoods and showing that appreciation for their culture, their craft, their passion, instead of just collecting points, like I said, for the sake of points.
0: I'm fascinated by this notion of hospitality being or having potential for something much bigger than just a, a place to stay for the night. Right. Or just even even a fun experience. I'm curious, is there an early I- hospitality experience that you had or a recent one that comes to mind that, that you experienced personally that sort of opened your eyes to some of the potential here?
1: Absolutely. And it's a story I love to share and I share often. It's actually where my fiance and I got engaged and what started the idea of this podcast. And so we were slow traveling, quote unquote, through the coast of Spain and Italy a few years ago. And we were staying at an agriturismo in Italy. So a family run farm stay where they had their own vineyard, their own garden, their own uh, animals. And it was they just had a few extra rooms and we got to know the family really well. We took a pasta making class that morning, and then we got engaged amidst the vineyards under the sunset, just complete dream of mine. And it, it was a perfect engagement story. But what really inspired me coming out of this stay was the fact that we we got to know the family. We still keep in touch to this day. We still buy their Wine halfway across the world. And we showed up there and we didn't have many expectations, again, because we didn't see much on their website. We didn't know much about their story. We were even unsure when we put down our credit card if it was legitimate or not. But we took the risk and we ended up learning and experiencing so much when we were there. The mother pulled out a map and said, oh, you're going to Florence next. Don't take the highway like Google Maps is going to show you. She highlighted an Italian and wrote in Italian the directions to take the back roads to Florence from Tuscany. And there we were sitting in our little stick shift Fiat with me holding the, the map that was probably the size of the entire windshield and trying to understand her Italian and take the highlighted trail to, back to Florence. But again, it was that personal touch, that time that she took to say, no, 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 I want you to see my Tuscany and that's what really just inspired us to go out of our way to find people and places that offer experiences like this
0: it's it's funny as as you're describing this it, it sounds like an incredible experience that you and your fiance had to be a part of that and to witness that and and take part in some of the activities i do hear a lot of hotel companies talking about experience and you know what is guest experience and how do you create activities that are engaging and things like that at the same time, it's it feels much easier said than done, and I'm curious among the people that you've gotten to know, either as a guest or as someone who's interviewing them for your podcast, has there been have there been traits that you feel make them uniquely qualified to deliver this sort of innkeeper mentality that maybe a large hotel company might struggle to provide?
1: Yes, and. Again, coming from the hospitality industry and the restaurant industry, we kind of we called it the table touch. So it's really that that personal, that human connection, rather than that curated assortment of all the different experiences. And I think a a common thread that I find very funny on a lot of my podcasts and the the interviews that I have is that yes, these places offer a ton of different experiences, whether it's culinary or activity based or wellness-based. And they a lot of them do a good job of promoting it on their websites. And you can offer different packages or different retreat styles. But time and time again, they say that the guests show up and they scratch all of their plans, all of their preparation, and they just want to experience. And they just want to relax and refresh. And granted, we're talking about hospitality, not from like a business travel perspective, but more of that, that personal and leisure travel. But I think it's, it's one, yes, offering those experiences, but not having it too curated where you're, you have a packed agenda, you know, allowing room for creativity, allowing room for spontaneity, but then two, really humanizing it. So whether it's that handwritten note or writing on a map, circling places to go visit or sites to see, having a chat over a cup of tea, or taking a walk through the property itself just allows for that one-on-one time and that human interaction that goes beyond, you know, just the set agenda. We'll be back after a quick break.
0: Are you enjoying this conversation? If so, I invite you to text this episode to a friend or colleague as well. Not only will you let them know that you're thinking about them, but you'll help them as well. One more thing, I'm having a lot of fun right now sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show. So if you'd like to see those or watch along, open up Instagram and YouTube now and follow Hospitality Daily so we can stay in touch. All right, let's get back to the conversation. I love it. And I wonder if we could talk a little bit about the travel planning process, because I think for, I imagine all of our listeners are traveling, but for those that are also providing hospitality, I would be curious how you approach travel planning, because it might inspire them to maybe assist their guests with the travel planning process. And so you alluded earlier to some of the things that you're looking for from your travel. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how you go about that and how you're understanding your hospitality providers that are meeting some of these criteria that you're looking for?
1: Of course. I think that, you know, prior to traveling, I I am a planner by nature. I am one who's very organized. I will have that itinerary set if you tell me to. I've got all of the places pinned on my Google Maps that I want to visit. And so it's taken me some time to really take a step back and say, you know what? No, I'm going to pick a place, but then experience it how they want me to experience it. So that's one thing. It's going in with that open mind and allowing room for and space for, for the unknown. But at the same time, in that preparation, I think that there's a lot of excitement that, that can build up in the research phase. So one, again, the podcast, I find that a lot of people who are planning to travel to places will listen to the podcast to get excited. The owners who I interview will share the podcast in their newsletters as that kind of welcome to their guests to say, Here's who we are, here's what you have to look forward to. And so that that's that storytelling piece is important in the buildup and the excitement. But then also just researching the broader place, the local community, things to do, the seasonal offerings. I think, you know, depending on the time of year and the season is really important. So knowing what produce is fresh, what you know, seasonal dishes to expect, knowing what holidays there are or traditions to celebrate. And so I think that, you know, that that research can be a time instead of overwhelm to really build excitement and knowledge without having to check all of the boxes of building the itinerary itself.
0: Which can get stressful. It can be exciting, but also stressful. And also, I think Google needs a better shared maps product So they you can create custom maps, but pin them and share them. But that's another story for another yes, time. Yes, I will <laughs> happily
1: help them with that, or, or or be a dummy on their site because my Google Maps is is organized chaos at this point.
0: <laughs> but I, I'm I'm really interested in that. You know the balancing act between there's something about anticipating a trip, right? And that can be fun, and it can also be be stressful. But if you if you do it right, it can be enjoyable. And I I love that notion of, hey, if you know, podcast. I would love to see more podcasters. I would love to see more people. You know, speak with people like you to you know record their story, tell it, share it with people in advance because it gets you in that state of mind because. Any travel, regardless of the mode of transit, you're going to spend hours between where you're coming from and your arrival, right? So why not get in that state of mind? Maybe that's a podcast with the people, the innkeeper. Maybe it is a, a playlist. I feel like there's so many opportunities to kind of help you get in that in that zone, right?
1: That that journey there is so important, and yes, podcast is amazing. There's we, I mean, we have grand plans for different mediums, doing it over video and editorial as well, but. Regardless, it's that storytelling, that excitement, that kind of frame of mind that you get into before you get there. And then it allows you to ask those questions or to experience those things when you are there.
0: Can we talk about some of those grand plans? Because I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious if we we might be able to help people imagine what's possible through taking a, con- a recorded conversation like a podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, hmm. I, again, I think the storytelling piece is so difficult with podcasts versus the video component. And so one thing that I love with the podcast conversations I have is asking the guests to really bring us to that sense of place. What are we experiencing? Explain all the senses. And it really paints a really nice picture without having the actual sound effects or the video reel to go with it. But I, I do think that for me, what's really important with the community I'm building is, on one side, it's yes, the community of of travelers like myself who want to travel in this way, who want to invest and learn more about people and places such as these, but then on the other side, it's there's a community of the owners and operators themselves who get to learn from these conversations that I'm having. I selfishly am learning from these conversations so that when I open up my hotel one day and who knows where. I will have learned from some of the best. And so I think that there's different communities being built. And while I've worked in the hospitality industry myself, I now travel in this mindset and can help these owners through, through consulting and other means beyond just the podcast themselves to share their stories in a way that, again, is authentic to them.
0: That's great. And I, I think you touched on a few elements there for, for our listeners to to think about when it when it comes time to how do I prepare guests to arrive? Uh, maybe talk about the uh, while you're on the property. And again, maybe from the perspective of you being a guest at, at a property, what are some of uh, the ways that our listeners might get the most out of their travel experience, not in an extractive sense, but in kind of making the most about that moment while they're on property?
1: Of course, that's definitely... One of my and it's it's hard, you know, as a guest, unless you're really feeling that sense of home, which a lot of these places do really truly feel like home to you when you go and travel. And that's something that I, I ensure to to vet when I have them on my podcast and interview them. But it's it's about asking questions. And it's it's going there and again, leaving time in your day to take them up on their referrals and their recommendations. One of my favorite things to do is to go to a local farmer's market. So I might ask the property I'm staying at, you know, what are some local shops that you like to support? And you go, you get to meet some of their favorite food providers, you build a little picnic basket, and then you go and you explore the property and you go and have a picnic. And that's an entire memory where you're supporting the local community you're having the conversation and learning from the owners themselves, but then you're creating a memory that you wouldn't get otherwise. And so I think that, you know, during the actual stay experience, it's again trying the different activities they offer. It's having the different cuisine and culinary opportunities. It's learning new skills, whether it's pottery making or horseback riding or hiking with, with the different team members on site. And I also think that then it provides an opportunity, too, to take some of that with you. So purchasing the local products, whether that's the wine, the cookbook, the pottery, and bringing it back with you then allows you to continue to remember and reflect back while still supporting that that family or that property that you stayed at. So that's definitely my my weakest link is that I am a cookbook hoarder. And so everywhere I go, I like to buy a, a cookbook from that local town or perhaps the property themselves. and. I like to continue to make recipes and to keep in touch through that means because I think that food is a beautiful way around a table to to share in those memories.
0: I've seen more hospitality providers actually start to publish cookbooks, which is an insane amount of work to, to produce. But it's really cool. I think to your point of your way of providing hospitality actually could continue beyond just the guest stay on property mm-hmm. you can stay up there's a lot of business benefits right you stay have stay of mind you create kind of this um the probably build loyalty and things like that but um that's it's also interesting from a traveler's point of view as well as like how can i engage in the property experience this place and this sort of hospitality but also carry it with me because i guess ideally hospitality will change you in some way and if you like that change you probably want to continue it right
1: it's keeping those memories alive. And so, yes, I, I, for me, that's through cookbooks and the culinary side of things. But for others, it could be through the spa and the beauty and wellness products. It could be through, again, the pottery, the art that you experience. And it could even just be through, again, just keeping in touch through the newsletters and, and those forms of communication. But I think what's important is that you are really, as, as a guest, keeping in touch with them and, and honoring those memories. So it's something that you can always look back on fondly and remember, but bring with you too. I think one interesting take, you know, more recently in travels is also that sustainability perspective. And so for me, you know, I, I try to be very sustainable in how I live my day-to-day life and then especially with my travels. But I find that when I travel to a lot of these places and through these conversations, I pick up on daily habits and learn certain things that i can then implement into my own life so it might not be that you're purchasing a physical product from them but it could be that you're learning a certain practice or a certain ritual that you then incorporate into your own life that again just reminds you of where you, you had that first initial experience
0: i love that i, I i'm thinking back to a uh, a trip my wife and i took to to france this summer and I feel um, Americans tend to do meals pretty quickly, and I feel like the French communities we were visiting had very much of the Mm three-hour-plus dinner and multiple courses. And there was something about spreading this out and just a very leisurely way of eating where we've tried to bring this back home. And I think that's where travel is so cool, right? It opens you to a new way of living. And hospitality can be the way that introduces people to that, right? So it's a really cool opportunity for hospitality providers.
1: Absolutely. And I think too that yeah, the hospitality providers can learn from their guests too in, you know, what areas of their life need that attention, need that refreshment or that restoration. And then by offering them that, it's just again that that two-way street that I think the hospitality providers can expect from their guests. As well as as much as they give to them,
0: that's great. We're recording this toward the end of 2023. I'm always love talking to people about kind of what they're excited by. So it doesn't have to be necessarily something just in 2024. But as you look into the future, as you're seeing so many different types of hospitality being provided, I'm curious, what's most exciting to you right now?
1: I definitely think that it's really excited exciting to talk to the next generation a lot of the properties, like I had mentioned, that I talked to are multi-generational. So it could be the the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren that are my age that are now just taking over the business. Or it could be someone who has had a career in a completely different industry and is now all of a sudden having that mid- midlife crisis or call it uh realization of the fact that they want to enter the world of hospitality and they might not know a lot, but they're going to provide the passion that that is required to have this type of livelihood. And so what I'm really excited about is the lens and the passion that these individual individually owned and operated places provide, not only in the preservation of the place. So there is that appreciation for the history of the land or the property itself the community, the culture. But there's also that acceptance of innovation and accessibility that I think is, is definitely unique to our younger generation, the ability to attract a broad amount of people with different tastes and preferences, different accessibility means. And all in all, they're just building a broader community. I think, again, it's thinking about hospitality beyond just a place to stay. It's really focusing on building that community. So whether it's for the hospitality, the hotelier, collaborating with the local craftspeople, building artists and residency programs, entrepreneurial hubs, the guests want to connect. The guests like myself, at least, want to connect and experience and learn from and meet and be inspired by those types of people. And so that's where, again, you're able to appreciate that culture, but then have that Mindset of innovation when you are staying at places that offer these types of experiences. So again, I think just kind of circling back, it's the the fact that you know we're honoring a lot of these places that have been around for generations, but in a way that's allowing people to to put their modern spin on it and to invite others into their world and into their homes.
0: I think we're going to see so much innovation. I think when it comes to independent family owned hospitality because there's technology now that provides a lot of the capabilities that i think when people are looking at evaluating do i provide in an independent context versus more of a corporate one things like distribution or ways that you can tell your story there there's far more tools that we've ever than we've ever had before so i'm i'm really excited to see you know both that kind of new generation emerging with more capabilities emerging. It's, it's a really, really exciting time. And I encourage everyone to listen to your podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes, because I think innovation happens when we learn from each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people have a bit of a zero sum game where it's like, if I tell my story, someone else is going to take it, but they're not. Cause I think if you can execute something that is unique to your story, unique to your place, unique to the opportunity that you're seeing and hearing, there's an infinite number of concepts that could be created. And so You're going to benefit if you tell your story, as we Mm. touched on earlier. But also, I think for anybody who is providing hospitality or considering it, you know, listen to your podcast, listen to all these stories of people providing hospitality, you're going to get inspired, right? You're going to see what's possible. And maybe you'll come up with some fresh ways to, to serve the people around you as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that.
0: Where would you encourage people to learn more about you and your work? I'll, I'll include some links in the show notes, but for people that are just listening to this, any place that you would point them?
1: Of course. So our website is stayinggoodcompany.com and that has all of our episodes to date on it, as well as just background on, on me and kind of the, the podcast itself. But then we are available on all podcast streaming platforms. So you can easily search Staying Good Company. We're on all social media as well at Staying Good Company. And then my LinkedIn, feel free to reach out direct. Again, I'm very happy to share my past experience to help connect and build the community within the hospitality industry itself. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Molly with an IE, Reese.